Do you struggle to find answers to your pelvic health problems? Do you feel silenced in your quest to just feel better? Women, girls, sisters, if you have experienced infertility, PCOS, incontinence, painful periods, sexual trauma, and so much more associated with the pelvis, then Women's Pelvis Wellness is a place for you. Me and experts from around the world are joining here to get you the answers to the holistic health that you have been seeking. Please join us in being a pelvis wellness warrior. Hey everyone, thanks for coming back to another episode of Women's Pelvis Wellness, where we of course talk about all things pelvic related. And today I have sisters, uh, Jenny and Wendy, who are here today. And um, it's interesting, um, I think we probably met in a women's networking group. I posted something asking for podcast guests and then life just got crazy. And thankfully, Jenny didn't forget about me <laughs> and she kept messaging me. So I'm thankful for that because, you know, I mean, I had, you know, my nephew passed away. So I just like, I, I wouldn't have remembered to, to reach out to you. So thankfully you reached out to me and um, they are just, I talked to them briefly, but on this podcast and many, many other places, we're always talking about the lack of education and the lack of support um, pre-pregnancy, when you're pregnant and post-pregnancy. And together, you know, these sisters were all C-section sisters, all three of us. And, um, and so they have, they're basically, a lot of other women are doing this. This is how I came to kind of do what I do is that when we find lack in our experiences, we try to fill that need so that other people don't have the crappy experiences that we had. So their business was birthed out of their, you know, unfortunate experiences, or maybe not unfortunate, but it could have been, you know, less painful, less stressful, and much more loving. So um, I will let you ladies take it away and share a bit about yourself and what you do now. So I'm Jenny. <laughs> um, we'll kind of tag team this, but it is hilarious, the back and forth that you and I were doing. And then I was like, let me hit up the person that said we were going to do a podcast together. And then I'm like, oh yeah, here he is. So we went through so much back and forth. It was, it was funny. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, yeah. But um, so I'm so glad to, to, to be doing this. We, we love doing podcasts. Um, but yeah, we, so we are sisters. We, um, are actually from a tiny state, originally Rhode Island, um, born and raised there, moved to Florida about I don't know, 11, 12 years ago, something like that. Um, kind of doing our own thing in a way, if you know us personally, you know, we are very, very different. <laughs> so it is kind of hilarious. And someone brought this up the other day, how we ended up on the same path. Like, I don't even know how that happens because we were just like, yeah, we were on total ends. And then, like you said, we kind of had our own experiences, which I'll let Wendy share her experience, but um, with motherhood and we had horrible introductions to, to birth and, and motherhood. Um, and it kind of just left us feeling like we need to be doing something. We didn't know what, so I didn't know really, you know, I had, um, I have two kids um, two boys, Jackson and Jameson, one is four and eight. 
So, um, you know, I had a C-section with both actually. And, um, that first C-section, I just remember feeling like, ugh, like this sucks. I cried, you know, I had my little moment and that was kind of it. I just kind of moved on and was like, okay, I guess this is, this is how I was supposed to burn moved on. But I knew right away if I, if I ever had another child, which by the way, was very slim, those chances, because it was a horrible newborn. He cried day in and day night for like a year. So I don't even know how I another have another child, but I said, if I ever have another child, I definitely want to go for a VBAC. Like, that's just like, of course, you know, cause I felt like I was robbed. I felt like I didn't get a chance to, you know, what I wanted, but I also didn't plan for what I wanted. I just kind of like went for it, winged it, hoped for the best. Um, and then when it didn't turn out, it's like, now that what I now with what I know, I'm like, well, of course, because you didn't even know what you wanted. So how do you get what you want when you, you know, when you didn't even kind of plan for it? Um, and so, and then I also was not, and this kind of goes into my second birth too. I was also not prepared for, um, that kind of shift. Like I didn't think, oh my God, what if I have a C-section that didn't even cross my mind. And you know why? And this is like such a disservice that we do to women is we always say like, Oh, you don't want to jinx it. Like you, you know, be positive. Why would you think about something else? Just think about what you want. Um, so I went into, um, so when I got pregnant with my second, I was like, I'm going for my be back. And I'm over here, this little naive girl going to my OBGYN, the OBGYN that I have always had not knowing that I could have had another one. I just thought you have to pick the one that you always um, see naive. And I'm like, I'm going to go for a feedback. I'm telling him. And he's like, uh, no, you're not. And like the chances of you having a feedback are very slim and like, holy downer. It was like all Did these reasons why, why I couldn't do it. So basically he said, I never actually, went into labor, I didn't actually like progress, which obviously knowing what I know now, it's because you didn't actually wait for me to go into labor. So it was failure to progress, progress, but really it was failure to wait. So I didn't dilate. I didn't do everything the way they wanted me to do it. Like in a book, you know, oh, you dilate one centimeter now or and all that kind of stuff that didn't happen that way. Um, and so I never got a chance to, because I wasn't given a chance, you know? And so, yeah, he was just like, that's not going to happen. And it was like so negative. And I was like, wow, it just right there. I opened up my eyes like, oh, this is not going to be as easy as I thought, but I was still very naive. But one thing about me is I was like, I'm not going to let somebody tell me, you know, what to do, you know, without you giving me enough information where I feel confident and good about it. I'm not going to just, you know, so I started joining, um, support groups and I joined like a VBAC community, like a support group started opening my eyes to, Oh, okay. The reason why he's not supportive is because, you know, there's liability issues and all that. I started opening up my eyes to like what he was really saying. So basically long story short, I kind of realized like, Oh, if I'm going to get a chance at a VBAC, I'm going to have to do a home birth an HVAC because, um, the hospital was not going to work because I didn't feel like I was going to get a chance. Like, I'm like, I just want a chance. That's all it is. So if I'm going to give birth in a hospital, the odds are already going to be not in my favor. So I was like, I guess home birth it is, but I never wanted a home birth. I wasn't a home birthy and still am not type of mom. That's not who I am. I never really found interest in that. I did watch the business of being born 
Um, and that kind of opened up my eyes to, oh, wow, the hospital system is just a business. So it kind of opened my eyes, but I was just like, um, I guess this is my only option. I'm giving birth in, in at home. <laughs> and so I hired a midwife, you know, after lots of, you know, firing this person, firing that person and finding like, okay, I guess I'm hiring an independent midwife. I hired an independent midwife and um, super late and, um yeah, I, I, you know, Wendy and I have very similar stories, actually labored at home for 27 hours. Baby was not progressing, you know, things were not progressing as they should. And after 27 hours at home, I decided to go to the hospital, which, you know, at that point I was like, well, that doesn't mean a C-section It's just, I need to go to the hospital. Um, and that change of environment changed the whole game. <laughs> The entire thing, the drive to the hospital, um, just getting into that, into the car, getting into the hospital, all those lights, all those people asking me questions, it just like changed everything up. Um, And so I kind of just, um, yeah, I I tried as as long as I could. I went to 10 centimeters. I was like, I'm not giving up here. Try it, went to 10 centimeters, pushed for three and a half hours and um, ended up with a C-section, but, you know, I decided on a C-section after 57 hours, I was like, okay, I guess this is my, my, me trying. (laughs) I think I gave it a shot, but unfortunately after that, I still didn't feel like I did enough. I felt very, just lots of guilt, shame, embarrassment, all these things. And that's how I got into childbirth education. Cause I was like, oh, okay, well, if I can kind of educate moms from the very beginning, then we can, you know, stack the odds in the favor and maybe, maybe avoid some of this stuff. Um, and then we can get into all the pivoting stuff that we love to talk to about. Um, yeah. So my story, um, I was kind of the opposite. I am the hippie crunchy <laughs> sister. Um, and so I've been on like a crunchy journey for like eight years now or so. And, um, I was there for obviously both of Jenny's births. And so I saw what a hospital birth looked like. And then I also got to attend my, um, sister-in-law's birth at a birth center. So I got to see both. And I was just like, well, I don't want that one. I want that one. Like that looked amazing. It was so peaceful and serene and it was family and love and calm and you know, it was amazing. And so, um, I automatically went into, I want a home birth automatically. I I found, I got a birth center. I had a midwife. I had a doula. I had all the things I prepared. I, I, I over-prepared for my birth. Like I had a special essential oil blend that I told my sister, I needed her to fill the diffuser with. (laughs) I had a playlist of music that I needed played, uh, you know, while I was laboring. And so all of the things were kind of set but I didn't, and this is what we love to talk about. I didn't prepare for the pivot. And so I labored out my water broke at home. Um, and I labored at home for 27 hours at the 27 hour mark. My midwife basically told me that I have to, by law, go to a hospital because she could be held liable if I was to, um, get an infection. Now and she never I'm, told you that before. No, no. See, that should and have been spoken about. And that's exactly. Yes. You know, and, no, and the thing that we find all the time is that we don't know what to ask. 
We don't mm -hmm. know which questions to ask. And sometimes we don't know which practitioner to ask the questions to. To, exactly. So that's, that's crappy. Yeah, yeah. And, and not only that, but now that I know, I know better that I can't, I could have stayed at home. I could have. I didn't have to go to the hospital. That is not a real law. Well, at least in the state of Florida, it wasn't. Um, so anyway, because, so you know, scared. Yeah. So because of her, but my water broke, but it wasn't like a gush. It was just a trickle. Mm -hmm. So there was no real major concern about like the amniotic fluid or anything. But besides the point, I, you know, I, because I, I was like, oh, of course, I don't want to get you in trouble. Let's go to the hospital. Same thing happened. As soon as that environment changed, everything changed. I literally stopped laboring as soon as they, I walked into the hospital. My contractions Crazy. completely stopped. I had no, not a single contract. And I was in labor for 27 hours at that time. Contractions completely stopped. You know, I, they went through obviously the whole host of interventions and that vicious cycle that they put us women through. And after, I think mine was like, I don't know if it was like 37 or I don't even remember at this point of labor, I ended up again, the failure to progress with a C-section. Um, but I never even progressed. They didn't allow me to progress past six centimeters because of the time you know? Um, and so, and obviously like, you know, I was on an epidural, which kind of slowed down the labor, you know, the whole, the whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I was okay with it because I, you know, it wasn't like a traumatic experience and I was okay with it. Um, but my experience kind of came in at the postpartum stage. And so again, I prepared, I over-prepared for birth. I didn't even really think about postpartum. I did a little bit in that I had my placenta prepared and I use it in smoothies for the weeks after postpartum. And they were, it was amazing. They helped incredibly. Like I, I am a total placenta advocate. Um, and so that was great. And so I was like, okay, I'm good. I don't have any postpartum. I'm fine. Like I passed that three month mark. I'm in the clear, right? No wrong. So at five months, um, I, I went back to work at when my son was four months old and, um, I was in a very, um, uh, not high, I guess it was high demanding job. I had a lot of meetings, external meetings that I would have to go to outside of the office constantly in meetings, which was obviously very difficult to pump. I was pumping in my car, you know, in the middle of a meeting uh, connected to like the little power cord in my car. And I was just like, this is just not going to work. This doesn't make any sense. And I couldn't financially afford to stay home. So I began to wean at five months and that's when postpartum really like set in. And, um, I don't know why I made this decision at five months old, I, we decided to move away from our friends and away from our family to this new city where we knew no one. Um, I was experiencing postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, my husband was looking for a job. Like it was all it was of these things. It was a huge hurricane. Remember the hurricane? The hurricane. Yes. <laughs> hurricane Wilma. I think, no, it wasn't Wilma. I don't remember. Maria. I don't remember. So all of these things happened and my postpartum like hit like a bus and I was struggling with depression and anxiety. I would remember sitting in the bathroom, just like crying. And I'm like, I don't even know why I'm crying. And my husband would be like, what can I do? And I'm like, I don't know, just hold me. And he, we would just sit, he would just sit there holding me as I cried and cried and cried for no reason. And I was, just, and I would call my midwife and I would call my dual, like, this is what's going on. I need help. What do I do? And they're like, well, you know, you could try this tincture. And then they would say like, 
try um, a lemon balm tincture. And I would buy the lemon balm tincture and it wouldn't do anything. Mind you, the lemon balm tincture, now that I know what I know, inhibits um, breast milk. So I was having a trouble pumping and like producing milk. That's like, again, we don't know what we don't, we, what we don't know. And so we recommended that should have known. Exactly. Exactly. So I went through this whole experience and thank, thankfully I found, um, it was actually in a mom group that somebody posted about hypnotherapy, helped her with her postpartum. And I'm like, I need an appointment with this lady. So I scheduled an appointment with a hypnotherapist and that literally saved my life. Hypnotherapy. It was absolutely incredible. But then after that, I'm just like, this is so not fair that women just have to just like deal with this and there's no help. And I'm like, there should be something to help them. And and like I said, I've been on this crunchy holistic journey where I've always like made elderberry syrups and salves and that kind of stuff for my family at home. And then I was like, maybe I can make something to help women like that. I wish I would have had. And so that's when I kind of created this postpartum kit and it has like, a tincture for anxiety and depression. And it has like the mesh panties and it has, you know, pillow mist to help with like, you know, a more restful sleep. Cause those, those intermittent sleeps and those, um, sleep regressions are a bitch. Like, let's just be real. And, um, yeah. so it has like all of these items, you know, perennium spray for like vaginal delivery, or even like a C-section, um, like a scar serum for like when your scar heals and you can apply it to minimize the scarring. So like all of these little things that I wish I would have had, um, I created this kit and mind you at that time, Jenny was doing childbirth education and I was doing this postpartum kit and we're just like in our own little worlds. And then we're like, maybe there's something here that we should be doing together because I was having conversations. <laughs> I was having conversations like I need to start meeting with like midwives and doulas because maybe they would like this kit to like gift it to their clients. And Jenny's like, I'm going to start meeting with midwives and doulas too. And we were just like, wait, is there something here? Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of like where, you know, the joint venture came and Pure Motherhood, uh, Pure Motherhood Co. was born. Um, and it's so funny though now because everybody was just like, duh, we saw it. You didn't see it. And we were just like, no, we didn't yeah. see that our businesses were actually the same. Yeah. Yeah. Simil- yeah. Um, like just uh, supporting women on different ends, basically. I think we just saw it so separate. It was like, oh, right. I'm educating mm-hmm. women and I'm supporting women postpartum. We didn't kind of see the connection. So then yeah. we, that's when we tagged him, we're like, oh my God, we should be, we can support women like a full motherhood experience, mm-hmm. you know, like what we wanted, not mm-hmm. scattered information everywhere. Every step of the way we've, we've got you, you know, we have resources, yeah. information, mm-hmm. um, products to support you. That's awesome. Yeah. And that was like, um, two years a year ago? and a half ago. A year and a half. And a half ago. Yeah. Well, the other thing was, like everyone else, with COVID hitting, we had to. We had to. COVID pivot. hit right when we launched our business. Yeah. Like yeah. two weeks after we launched our joint business, COVID hit and the world shut down. We were like, yeah, oh, we. Great. Yeah, we actually started in person. Like we went to this Prego Expo in February, mm-hmm. and we're all so cute. We're out there doing our thing. This is amazing all these you know and we're like but then uh that was february and then march is when shit hit the fan um and so we were like oh my god we can't do it you know at that time we're like oh we're gonna be doing in person it kind of helped us realize like you know that 
we were kind of limiting ourselves in that way a little bit. And um, it opened up this online world. So we had no idea that you can like do this all online, never actually like meet people, you know, yeah. so we had to, we had to kind of shift. And then with me doing in-person birth education, that wasn't going to work. Um, Wendy's business was online. So that was set up. We were like, how do we do this? And I was just like, I can't teach a birth class online with two kids running around. This is just insane. So that's when we kind of restructured everything and were able to make, you know, put everything hundred percent online kind of, we have courses um, that you can watch at your own pace and all self-paced and that kind of thing. So it's just set up way better for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, there are definitely some pros, you know, that came out of the entire situation. You know, thankfully things are opening up, um, you know, so we can do some of these things in person because some things are just better delivered or better learned, um, in person, but you know, the information that you ladies are, you know, anything can be shipped for one thing, <laughs> Yeah, you know, as far as products, but this information, you know, especially when you can do it at your own pace is just so awesome. Yeah. 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 You know what? That's funny when, when everything was happening with the hospitals, um, not allowing doulas and doulas having to shift and doing virtual like literally grabbing face, like FaceTime and like that, there are just some things that just cannot happen online. <laughs> yeah. Physical support like that. No, I mean, they tried their best, but like that was like, and I'm sure the work in the work that you do with, you know, pelvic therapy, I mean, I'm sure um, that physical is, you know, key, right. In some ways. It definitely is. If you are someone, because I have, you know, the fertility, program, I have the pelvic health program, those really both require the physical, that physical visceral manipulation and the fascia work. The other program, the body soul reconnection journey, that is healing through the womb space, but more in an energetic, emotional and spiritual level. So the physical does not have to be done for that, but the physical helps release that energetic trauma you know, um, and people don't get enough body work, you know, even, even people who do their monthly, you know, massage, that's not enough body work, (laughs) you know, so. And it's just, and I think like for like all of the work that we are, we are doing and you're doing, um, it's really all about re-educating like from societal norms, you know, because like, and that's like our, like the struggle that we're finding is like the societal norm is, Oh, I'm just going to wing it. It'll be fine. Birth will be fine. I'll just wing it. That's our bodies are made to birth. Like my body knows what to do, or I'm just going to wing postpartum. Everybody does, you know, or, you know, like I'm not going to go get like an adjustment or I'm not going to go like pelvic floor. It's just, there's such so much education that is involved with, um, you know, educating women in like no, you need to be, you deserve, not even need to be educated. You deserve to be educated and empowered and in control of your body, you know, right? like the whole body um, autonomy, you know, conversation, like Absolutely. you're basically giving it away to a doctor that has seen you what maybe 10 times in your life. Like right. this is your experience, your body, your postpartum journey. And like, 
we have this conversation with, cause we partner with a lot of chiropractors too. And the education involved there, like newborns getting adjusted, like your body just got hit by a bus. You need some physical work, you know, after that, right. you know? Yeah. Right. And baby too. Cause baby and went baby. through, you know, all that. Cause it's, their birth too. So they went through, (laughs) tend to forget that. Yeah. Yeah, They went through, like, I I thought my son went through 57 hours of labor and was stuck for three and a half hours. What kind of trauma does that do for a baby? You know? And thank God I was involved in the the right groups where I was like, Oh, I should get him adjusted. I didn't really realize that was a thing, you know, like he, he was not breastfeeding. He was like favoring one side and like moving his head. And I'm like, I thought that was normal. And they're like, no, that's not normal. He's was stuck literally in your pelvis, you know? So yeah, I wish I knew all of that. And I will say also with the pelvic floor therapy, no idea what that was. Um, and it wasn't until we started doing, um, we started doing what we do that I was like, oh, so you could have avoided me. I had a catheter in for five weeks. Be- yeah, girl. Yes. Five weeks. Hi. I know the doctor was just like, I don't think that this, I've ever seen this before. I, what I was told was, you know, I labored for so long. I had a lazy bladder is what they were calling it. I don't know, you know, those weird words. Um, and it just was not responding. Like I could not pee for nothing. I could not pee. Um, and I would go back every week and they're like, oh yeah, it'll just take a week or two. It'll take another week. It'll take. And then by the third week I started getting really nervous and I was like, this is not going to happen. I'm never going to pee. I'm going to have a catheter in forever. And even the doctor was like, I've never seen anyone go past three weeks. So then he brought me to a urologist and that was, yeah, what a crazy idea. Yeah. And he was able to, you know, he put me on something and then I also was never allowed to not allowed, but I didn't get the chance to actually pee on my own. I don't know if that sounds crazy, but like the catheter was in. So my body was just like, this is how we pee through the cap, you know? So it wasn't given a chance, I guess. So anyway, did not know about pelvic floor therapy like I do now. So we definitely talked to women about it. And I will say another thing is I didn't know you guys could help C-section moms. Mm-hmm. Like, well. <laughs> well, and you think about, um, I mean, obviously I've said this many times, but you know, we, it's, it's very rare to rehab the abdomen or pelvis after any surgery, whether it's a C-section or prostate or, you know, your um, appendix or bowel and bladder, they just don't. Um, they, I should, it's not, it's generally, they don't. Sometimes they do. They have been starting to more and more, but like, for me, for example, I have very gristly scar tissue. So I have a massive shelf. I mean, I can feel in there. I mean, I have like probably two inches thick and four inches down. I can feel it. That will never go away unless I have it surgically removed, which will cause more scar tissue. <laughs> so um, had I had, had I gotten rehab or you ladies too, you know, right away within, you know, after six weeks. Um, it's incredible. I I've worked on a few C-section moms. Um, some, it was there, the, it was, um, I would like to work with a woman who had a vaginal birth and, or who had a C-section with no therapy and then had a C-section with therapy. I haven't had that chance yet because I want to see what their difference is. Um, because the women who have only had the one, it's been incredible. You know, I I remember feeling um, in this one, one of the ladies, 
I was feeling something because when I don't know what something is, I just am automatically close my eyes and I'm feeling in to her pelvis and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I don't think it should be there. It just feel, it felt so different than a uterus or a muscle or anything. Um, it felt very spongy, but not bouncy. And I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I describe <laughs> it. And um, she, two days, and this was by this time, she was um, almost 10 weeks postpartum. And she, two days later, she passed like a four inch clot. It was huge, you know? Yeah. And um, so, I mean, there's just so many things that, um, and, and the energy piece, I mean, talk about trauma, mm. the energy yeah. piece to that, of that, of the, the, I mean, there's so much is shifting. It's your body and it's energy and people are telling you what to do. And then they're sending you home with a baby and they just let you leave with it. You know, and I mean, and I totally thought I had babysat for so many kids. I had younger siblings. I mean, I was like, this is going to be easy. I love babies. It's great. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know. I knew nothing. Nobody told me anything. And I remember leaving with my oldest and like crying and thinking they're letting me just walk out with him. I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, (laughs) it's like, shouldn't they require a test at least? (laughs) it's like there shouldn't be a test but you should be able to go home to your mommies and your aunties and your grammys yeah, and whoever yes. else is there to support you and we just don't have that yeah because that's yeah. what you need and that's, a 17 year old taking care of you know two toddlers well she doesn't have the hormones coursing through her or the financial responsibility or having to keep the relationship together or taking care of the other kids I mean, you don't think about that stuff because no. babysitting is fun, no. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's something that like, we're still trying to work to figure out how to, because you know, it, the whole, it takes a village and well, that village is gone and it's not coming back anytime soon, obviously, because we're just getting more and more socially distanced from each other. Um, so how do we create that virtually? You know, you know, obviously through podcasts, like, you know, you can connect to your listeners, which, you know, um, they feel like they know you better. And so we do these, you know, these pop-up groups where we do like host like intimate group of women, um, so that they can kind of get to know each other because there's really no village anymore. And so you have to make your own, you have to seek it out and you You have have to to be intentional. Yes. You have to have the energy to seek it out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, and and if you don't know and if you're friggin' exhausted, yeah. You know, I mean you're just yeah. in a fog. Yeah, you're just in a fog and like day by day trying to figure it out. And you know, it's just it's really sad. And you, you know, we have these um like you know, I always think of someone like my mom who like, oh, I'm a single mom. She was a single mom, but she had a village. I always try and remind myself. I'm like, she had a village back then they had a village. So yes, yeah, was- she had my aunt living with her for a year, and like for a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have these little support groups, um, like a birth support group, a postpartum support group. We'd love to do like, like a VBAC support group. And it's not just a support group, like a Facebook group where you just go and vent or, you know, just get advice from other people that don't know what they're talking about. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that are like, it's like the blind, what is it? The blind leading the leading blind. the blind. Yeah. yeah. And, and granted, 
love moms with advice. We all want to, you know, I just thought of a really awful, awful post I saw one time. So <laughs> somebody was asking how um, to help with their um, with their morning sickness, and another mom told her to drink peroxide. And I commented, for the love of God, please don't drink freaking peroxide. No. Even avocado, eat an avocado, eat a papaya. But you know what I mean? Like, wow. It worked for me. It was great. I'm it like, worked for um, me. And it worked for the best guys. This is the oh, best one. It worked for me, and my baby's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. So, you, you like to, so within these groups that you have, you have breakout sessions or no, so not, yeah, no, we have, it's a, it's a support group, intimate. Um, and a then we have, yep. A one month support group. We have mentors in there. So moms that already kind of been through it all and can offer that, um, support and advice as well. They have us. And then we also bring on experts. So we have a breastfeeding consultant. We actually added a, which is like, the best thing we've ever done is we collaborated with a marriage empowerment coach. She helps save marriages. Um, and she, her herself after postpartum, she almost got a divorce and that's how she was able to, to start her thing. So we want to keep marriages to go together um, because we know that that's a struggle. And then we also have a newborn sleep consultant who helps with this to help the sleep deprived mom. So if you can get baby to sleep, then mom sleep. And then everyone is happy. So, yeah. So we basically just create this like little community for one month where we kind of like love on them and like give them education and uh, resources, let them ask questions. We do live Q and A's and give them like a month of love. And then we do a, like a mama mingle, which is like a virtual zoom. So they can kind of get to know each other, hoping to kind of foster these relationships that they can take out of the group. Um, And then, and then that's it. It's like one month, but we do them every, every so often. Um, and they also get access to our postpartum course because we have a postpartum yeah. course that has all fun content, good content in there. Um, and then they also get access to, um, so they get access to our course and then they get also a, a special postpartum box depending on if it's birth or postpartum. So we love goodies. We love to send out our goodies. Yeah. Um, so they get all of that in this, in this one month of support. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, it's all about, how can we build that village? Right. Yeah. And and we like to also, we like to keep it real and honest. And, you know, we like, yes. And then this is postpartum can be blissful. Postpartum can be amazing. We are not saying that no one ever experiences bliss and, you know, and motherhood isn't, but we feel like, um, it can be hard and amazing at the same time. Like, why can't we say that this shit fucking sucks? You know, like, why can't we say that? It's okay to say, you know, motherhood is hard, but I love my kids. Like, why is there guilt? You know, like all this kind of stuff. We like to keep it real and honest. Like, you want to kill your husband because, you know, you're over here breastfeeding and he's snoring away, you know, like yeah (laughs) useless nipples yeah let us know yeah we just you know it's you can vent about all of that but we want it to be you know useful as well and practical so that we can yeah so that we have the experts there to help this is this is how you can what you can do but our whole thing is 
preparation. Prepare. You can actually prepare for this stuff. You can't prepare for all of motherhood, but why not set yourself up for success? You know, right. Those things. Absolutely. So where can people find you if they want to, you know, reach out? Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so we are, um, we, we like Instagram is like our jam. It's really, we, we prefer Instagram. So, um, we are, um, at pure motherhood co on Instagram. Um, and then that's kind of where we are like the majority of our content is, um, we obviously have our website, which is, um, uh, www.puremotherhood.co, not com co. Um, and then, cause we thought it was cool and trendy but most people get confused. <laughs> you probably change that. <laughs> um, um, and then we do have, we do have Facebook too, but obviously, you know, it's Facebook is, is kind of just like the Facebook page, but Instagram is really where we like to hang out and we do our lives and our, you know, funny reels and IGTV and all that stuff. Yeah. And when you go to our Instagram, you can grab our free um, breastfeeding basics course right in the bio you can grab the um it's super you know nothing lengthy it's just if you've never breastfed before if you you know if you're just like i don't even know where to start i don't know what to do that's super um basic course to kind of help you get started awesome yeah well thank you ladies so much for being here today and also you know i always say just if you don't, you don't have to share your story publicly, at least be a space where other women can share openly, you know, and not be not judged. So it's awesome that you have this community, you know, that you're growing and that you actually have like real educated, legit, you know, people talking instead of just people saying their own experiences. Um, And, you know, I mean, for keeping it real, I mean, absolutely. There's so many times where, you know, you look at your sleeping baby and it's like, my God, I can't believe I made this incredible being. And then six hours later, you're like, shut up. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's real. It's real. (laughs) Yes, it is. Somebody help me. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for being here today. All of their information, of course, is going to be in the show notes. Um, So yeah. Yeah. Thank you so so much for having us. Yeah, Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on Women's Pelvis Wellness, where you can be heard. Because remember, if you're not being heard, you're not being helped. Please join my Facebook group by the same name, Women's Pelvis Wellness, and join a community of women who are there for you to support you, guide you, and love you through your pelvic health struggles. Also, this is a great place to check out my new class schedule. Thank you for joining me in becoming a pelvis wellness warrior.